The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Well, it started. The Christmas season is here. And so comes all the mad rush and all the busy activities that we get ourselves involved in. I heard one lady say over the weekend that her favorite day of the whole year is Black Friday, just to be in those crowds and to get all those deals. Well, there's more to it than just the shopping. All the decorating and other planning that goes on, and we kind of get ourselves all involved and maybe tangled up in a lot of things. And maybe after a couple of weeks of that, you start to feel some of the stress, some of the burden of all the things that there still is left to do and the things that you wanted to do and didn't get to. And finally, it just ends up to be one big mess sometimes. Have you ever wondered, why do we do all of that? Well, the answer probably is because we enjoy it. Isn't that what Christmas is about? Now, as much as we may enjoy it, there may be a sense of obligation that we feel too. Now, maybe certain things are expected of us. Well, I have to do it because other people are counting on me to do this. Maybe there are some expectations we put on ourselves. Oh, I always do it, you know, and so I just have to do it. It's just what I do. Or maybe there's that sense of obligation just because if it didn't do it, it wouldn't feel like Christmas. There'd be a lot of disappointment. And that's not what Christmas is about, disappointment. But yet it seems with all of that we create a lot of chaos. Somebody posted this. They said Christmas is a time of chaos, spreading the land each year around the 25th of December, leaving people penniless and exhausted, yet ready to go through it all again the following year. (laughs) Well, how do we take all of that chaos of Christmas and find that Christmas cheer? And more than just cheer, the joy that Christmas brings. Well, I think there's a song that can help us. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing it for you. But the song is entitled, Do You Hear What I Hear? And we're going to use that as as a theme for our messages in this Advent season. Do you hear what I hear? We're going to take a look at some of the songs that the people in Scripture recorded about Christmas. Today, we're going to listen for the song of hope. We're going to do that by reflecting back on those words we heard in our gospel reading a few minutes ago. The words spoken by Zechariah. But let me fill you in on their situation. Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth, were the parents of John the Baptist. But they were very old. The scripture tells us that Elizabeth was barren. She never had a child. Not only was that perhaps a disgrace in her community, but it was also a burden that she bore. She did not have a child. And yet they prayed fervently that God would bless them with one, and it didn't happen. Now they are old in age. Zechariah was a priest serving in the temple in Jerusalem. And one day as he was lighting the incense in the temple, an angel appeared to him and told him, God has heard your prayers and your 
wife will have a son. You are to call him John. But Zechariah knew that they were both old. They were beyond the age of bearing children. And so he questioned the angel, how could this be? And the angel Gabriel said, because you have questioned what God will do, you will not be able to talk now until that son is born. Now Zechariah went back out and when people realized he couldn't talk, he, they knew that he had seen some kind of a vision. Well, and so it happened that the angel's words came true. Zechariah and Elizabeth conceived a child, and the child was a boy. And when the child was born, all her friends and family are excited, and they wanted to know, what are you going to name this child? And Elizabeth said, John. And the people questioned, why are you naming him John? There's nobody in your family with that name. So let's ask the dad what he wants the child to be named. And dad took a tablet and wrote down, his name will be John. In obedience to what the angel had said. And as soon as he wrote that, God released his tongue and he could speak again. And the words he speaks are words of joy and hope. Now, can you relate to Zechariah's and Elizabeth's situation? You're probably thinking, I'm not interested in any kids, so no, I can't relate to what they're going through. I don't mean that part of it. I mean feeling the burden, the disappointment, the obligations, looking around and, and seeing things in your community not the way they should be. That was their situation too. And yet, despite of all that, Zechariah could speak words of hope. Listen to just the first part of his song again. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the, to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a, a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said long ago through his holy prophets of long ago. These words alone give us some hope. He was telling us that it was the Holy Spirit who was giving him these words to speak. That was telling us something. God knows our situation. Now, isn't it comforting when somebody knows what situation you're in, what you're going through? Because then you know that they can relate, they can be understanding and helpful. It's kind of tough when people can't relate. Just think if, if you were sick and you went to the doctor and the doctor didn't have any clue what to do. How disappointing that would be. But yet when the doctor says, I think I know what it is, it's this, and if you do this or take this pill or whatever, you'll be, you'll be fine. Oh, there's a sense of relief. There's a sense of relief for us, hope, because God knows our situation. But sometimes we don't even know what our situation is. 
we just go through life and we, we have the troubles and the hardships and the disappointments, but we don't really understand why is it this way? God knows. And God tells us. There were three key words in Zechariah's song that depict our situation. The first one was the word redeem. It was a word that meant deliverance or rescue. He said, God has come to redeem us. And the reason being is we're, we're in a captivity. We're in a slavery. Once uh, Jesus told the Jews of his day that they were slaves. Oh, and they protested. They said, we've never been slaves. We're a free people. We could choose what we want to do. But Jesus was speaking about the spiritual slavery that they were in and that we are in. Now, you might say, uh, spiritual slavery, what are you talking about? A slavery to sin. You might say, but wait a minute. I'm not always sinning. There are good things that I do, too. Yes. But there are bad things we do. And that just indicates that slavery that we are in to a sinful nature and how we need to have that broken. Another key word that uh, Zechariah referred to was a horn of salvation. He said God is, has raised up a horn of salvation. And the horn that he's referring to is not a trumpet. It's a, it was the horns on an animal. Those horns an animal would use when he was in a fight, when he was in a battle. That was his strength. With that phrase, Zechariah is telling us, God knows our situation, that we are in a struggle, a battle for life. You see, that slavery that we're in to our sin is also a slavery, a captivity to death. And it starts with that bondage we're in to sin, that struggle that we're in. You think of how the Apostle Paul referred to it. The good things that I know I should do, I don't do. And the bad things that I know I shouldn't do, this I keep on doing. That's that struggle. That struggle that's inside of us. That struggle between our sin nature and the Spirit of God. We need release from that. that. That struggle has brought us into another situation, and that's reflected when he said, God has come to give you forgiveness of your sins. That word forgiveness meant there's a debt that you owe, but God would cancel it. Uh, this time of the year, think, think of the debts people start to accumulate because of all the shopping they're doing. Daily, we accumulate debt to God because of all the things that we don't do. Our disobedience is like making a non-payment to God. And the result of that debt is we don't have what we need to enter the kingdom of God. That's our situation. Now you might be saying, well... That doesn't sound like a song of hope or a sound of joy or what are you talking about, Pastor? This, these are the holidays. Lighten up. We go around and say, Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, the joy of the season. 
and then you come with a message like this and, and, and drag us down, don't sing to me a song of, of doom and gloom. I want to hear something joyful. But the truth is, we need to hear that real truth. Because what we really need is a Savior. And that's what Zechariah's song was all about. You see, if, if we're just going to go through these next few weeks filled with, with joy over uh, decorations and gift-giving and social activities, and then it all comes to an end and we're back to the same old, same old, then what was the purpose of all this? Just to get stressed and busy and have a little fun for a few weeks? The Apostle Paul said, if for this life only we have hope, we are to be pitied among all people. You see, God has given us a hope that despite our situation, a hope that will take us through this life and into eternity. That's more than just four weeks of decorations and fun. Now, how is it that this has come to be? How is it that we have a hope that goes beyond this world? That's what the song was all about. Do you hear it? Do you hear what I hear in Zechariah's song? It's a song of hope. Listen to what he says. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Now, he said these words after the birth of his son, but he isn't referring to the birth of his son. He's referring to something else. You know what happened? John the Baptist, his son, is the cousin of Jesus, and they're just six months apart. Now, do the math, and that means that as John has just been born, the announcement was already given to Mary that she was conceived with a child, the Son of the Most High. And Mary told Elizabeth, who told Zechariah. The reason for his song of hope was not, I'm a dad now. No, it's, I'm redeemed now because he knew a gift was being given, hope, hope for the world in a Savior who would be Jesus. For you see, he is telling us in his song that even though this is our sad situation and God knows it, God also has a solution, or we might call it a solution. God is coming to address our spiritual need. Zechariah unfolds God's plan for us. Now, in talking about his son, John the Baptist, he says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. 
God's plan was to prepare the people. And he would do that through John the Baptist. John's ministry would be a ministry of preparation. To tell people, this is the situation you are in. God knows it. And God has a solution for it. He would be pointing them to the Savior. That idea of preparing the people is what the season of Advent is all about. That's what we're in now, those weeks before Christmas, the season of Advent, in which we focus on that promise of the coming of the Savior. God is simply preparing our hearts to give us that hope and the joy that comes along with it. He is pointing us to see that Savior as he reveals to us what our need is. And that's what John was all about. Not just to point out sin, but to point to the Savior from sin. For God's plan was to send a Savior, the Most High, the Son of the Most High. God's own Holy Son would come into this world to redeem us to buy us back from that captivity to sin, to put an end to the struggle that we're in, to pay off our debt. He would do that with his own life, a life of perfect obedience, which would pay off the debt of our disobedience, with a death that he would suffer under the wrath of God, paying the penalty, the penalty for our disobedience, for our lack of payment to God. He paid that for us. And then with his resurrection, he assures us of our own eternal life. And even though this body will one day die, it's only God's way of taking what is now corruptible and mortal to make it incorruptible and immortal. That's the song of hope. Do you hear it? Do you hear what I hear in this song? There is hope. God has come. God has come for me. God has come for all of us. Through his, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we have been saved. And we are safe. Do you hear the sound of hope in your life? Look at all of those blessings that come from that hope who is Jesus. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter what your situation is, some hardships, some challenges, some health issues, financial issues, God has come to give you hope. Hope in his Son. A hope that that takes us through the troubles of this life and to the blessings of eternal life. Do you hear what I hear? The good news, God loves you, has saved you, and is with you. So listen this Christmas season for that song of hope. Here's how it rings. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, 
to guide our feet into the path of peace. The song of hope reminds us God is shining on us. You've got some troubles? You've got some hardships? God has come to save you, to bless you, to be with you. Let your Christmas celebration reflect that hope. This isn't just four weeks of tinsel and parties. This is a time to have our hope reassured. God is with us. And as he is with us, he will also guide us. Now, how does he guide us? Just listen to the song. Do you hear what I hear? How does God guide us? With his word. So in these next weeks, fill your life with God's word. I know your life is going to be filled with a lot of other things. Decorating and cooking and social activities and shopping and all that's fine. But fill your life also with his word. So that you're reminded of the hope that lasts beyond these four weeks. It's his way of guiding us, he said, in the path of peace. In other words, his word is simply going to lead us to Jesus. So, as the saying goes, put Christ in your Christmas. Don't leave him on the side. Keep him there all the time, front and center. Okay. Now you've heard what I've heard, a song of hope. What are you going to do with it? If it shines on you, let it shine through you. Let what you do this season reflect that hope in your Savior. It's not too difficult. Worship regularly. Share the message with others. We have a lot of activities here at church in this next month. Why? Because we want to help you keep Christ in your Christmas, but also for you to extend an invitation for others to know that hope is also for them. That's the greatest gift we can give, Jesus. He's the song of hope. Hear it, sing it, share it. Amen.